Amen. Amen. Now we're really going to throw you off because some of you are like, we're supposed to sing again after the welcome. What is the, what is the pastor doing out there? He's going to preach now. I don't know if I can handle this. Too much change. You know, last week we kind of talked about change being one of our core values. You didn't realize how serious we were about that, did you? See, you can't follow Jesus and stay the same. And, uh, and yes, we messed with the order of service uh, because we don't think it's anything but some words written down on a piece of paper anyway. And then on top of that, uh, we forgot to communicate about the baptism. And so, uh, you know, we have a water treatment going on in the service tonight. And, uh, and so for those of you that have issues with that, the men's restroom is on this side. The women's restroom is on this side. Um, and if you leave while I'm preaching, I'm okay with that. So, uh, uh, hey, take your Bibles or your Bible apps and turn to the Gospel of Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 is our text tonight. Uh, it's Christmas season, right? And so we're going to be in Luke chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible with you or a Bible app on your device, that's fine. Grab one of the Bibles in the seats around you and turn to page uh, 1017, and you will find Luke chapter 1. 1017. Uh, and also, if you're here and you don't have a Bible and you want one, then please take one of those with you. We want you to have the Word of God and read the Word of God because we know if you do that, then God will change your life. So it is Christmas season. You kind of uh, noticed that. We've already shared about the you know, services that we have planned for Christmas Eve. We already did a Christmas song. Uh, and because it's Christmas season, that means it's Christmas music season, right? So how many of you love Christmas music? Let's see the hands. Oh, lots of hands go up. Great. This will be easy then. Okay, so what is your very favorite Christmas song? Don't tell me. Tell your neighbor right now. Ready, set, go. You have 10 seconds. Favorite Christmas song. Some of you aren't talking. Some of you are laughing. You like Christmas music, therefore you have to have like a favorite song that goes with the, no? Some of you, yes, some of you, no. Okay, how many of you answered the question? You had a favorite Christmas song? A lot less hands just went up than earlier. See, the harder question, so some of you won't like this, the harder question than what is your favorite Christmas song is why is that your favorite Christmas song? Why is it your favorite Christmas song? Because Christmas music uh, is very emotional. It takes us back to places. A lot of memories are connected to that. Uh, but a lot of times we sing the songs, but we don't think about the words. So my favorite Christmas song is Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Okay, any other Hark the Herald Angels fans in here? Yeah, I see like three hands go up. That's all right. I'm okay with that. It's not usually at the top of the list. But I'm even weirder than that. I, I like Hark the Herald Angel for the words. I mean, I like the music, but I like the words, especially the third verse. Does anybody besides me know the third verse right offhand to Hark the Herald Angels Sing? Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail the Son of Righteousness. Light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. Mild he lays his glory by. Born that man no more may die. Born to give them second birth. Uh, oh, I think I got wrong there. Born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. Uh, hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. See, I love that verse because it's about Jesus and what he did for us, his sacrifice and his life, and, and, and yet it's to give us life. And so Christmas is a season that is flavored by music, and we know that. But did you realize that Luke 1 tells the story of Mary and the fact that the Christmas story really kind of begins with music. Not the very, very beginning of it, because uh, Luke 1 tells the story of Mary. 
And if you haven't read Luke 1, if you're not familiar with this part of the Christmas story, then I'm going to encourage you to go home and read the whole chapter. We're going to share part of it, but not the most familiar part. So uh, you probably are familiar with the fact that, that Mary was the one that God chose to be the mother of Messiah. And, and the angel Gabriel showed up, and he said, uh, Hail, O blessed one, uh, you've received favor with God. And she was kind of freaked out, and he said, Don't be afraid. Uh, and, uh, and then he told her that she was going to be the mother of Messiah, and she said, How can this be? Because I'm a virgin. I've never known a man. And he said, the power of God's going to overshadow you, and, and that's why the child you give birth to be called the Son of God. And uh, she said, okay, let it be to me as you have said. She submitted to God's will. And, and then the, the angel told her, hey, by the way, your cousin Elizabeth, who's really old, uh, especially for child, past childbearing years, uh, she's pregnant. So Mary travels down to see Elizabeth, and when Mary greets her cousin, and says, hi, the baby in Elizabeth's womb, John the Baptist, jumps with joy. And Elizabeth prophesies and says, my child, shout, jump for joy, and who, how am I that I'm blessed to see the mother of Messiah, my Lord? And then out of that, she sings. Now, in your Bible, it, it might be called Mary's Song of Praise. It might be called the Magnificat. If you grew up Catholic, you probably, you know, might even know parts of the Magnificat. Uh, but I want us to look at this text. But you know what? It's, it's Mary's song, so I don't feel really right reading it to you. So I've enlisted some help. It just seems right that it, it ought to be a, a woman. So, Amber, would you share with us, uh, beginning in verse 46. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. Amen. Amen. This is Mary's life theme song. This is the song that, that she sings as uh, the recipient of this honor from God, this task from God, this commission of God to be the mother of Jesus. And, and so this is her theme song. And I want you to notice the message, the content of Mary's song. Uh, I shared with you why I liked Hark the Herald Angels Sing. It's because of the content, the message that's in that song. And I want you to see the message of Mary's song. First of all, it's a song of praise. It's a song of praise. Look at verse 46 and following. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. From behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. Holy is his name. It's a song of praise. Mary praises God. She exalts his name. She celebrates his goodness, his power. And she expresses her gratitude for his blessings. She expresses the fact that, that all generations are going to call her blessed, and, and God has done great things for her. She praises God. 
You guys have been praising God. If you were in here a few minutes ago, you were singing. Uh, you were celebrating God's goodness and praising him. But I want you to understand that Mary praises God, and she doesn't know how the story ends. Let that sink in for a minute. We know how the story ends, so we don't think that there's anything really uh, special or unique about Mary's praising God. But at this moment, her life is filled with uncertainties. Her life is filled with the unknown. What is her family going to say about her pregnancy? Because she was not technically married yet. So what are they going to say? I mean, you want to have that conversation with your mom and dad? What is Joseph going to say? Because she has not consummated their relationship yet. In other words, she's pregnant and her fiancé knows that the baby is not his. And God has not given her the details of the story. Don't worry about it. I'm going to send an angel to Joseph. There's going to be a dream, all this kind of stuff. No, in fact, Scripture tells us in Matthew 1 that Joseph is ready to divorce her, to put her away quietly. Her life and her future are at risk. And what does she do? She praises God. She praises God. Mary's song is a song of praise, and it's a song of humility. Humility. Did you catch this in verse 48? For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. Or how about verse 52? He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. Mary recognizes her status. She recognizes that she is a servant. That's her identity. That's how she sees herself. I'm a servant of God. Uh, and, and that's what she says to uh, the angel when he tells her, hey, you know, you're going to be the mother of, of Messiah. She says, okay, I'll, I'll do this. But she knows that she's unimportant. She knows she's insignificant. She knows she has no standing, no influence, no power, no wealth. And she willingly submits to God. Willingly. And because she does that, she becomes the most famous, the most known woman in history. I don't think there's a single woman that's, that's more known than Mary, uh, the mother of Jesus. More honored than Mary, the mother of Jesus. And so, uh, but she knows and she understood it's all because of God. Not because of her, not because she's special, not because she deserves it, but simply because God looked on her and saw her as a servant. So her song is a song of praise. It's a song of humility. It's a song of mercy. Mercy. Look at verse 50. And God's mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. God's mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. Mary celebrates God's mercy. And, and she does this without realizing that her son is the king of mercy. That her son, her baby, is going to be the one who defines what mercy is. That he is the instrument of God's grace. He is the Lamb of God who will take away the sin of the world. And she praises God for mercy. And she knows she is undeserving of the honor and the blessings of God. Doesn't deserve it. She says, I don't, I don't deserve it. I, I earned it. This is all mercy. She grasped the reality that we don't deserve any good thing that we have and that every good thing in our life is from God. So every good thing in our life is an act of mercy from God to us. Every blessing you have is because of grace, God's grace. So Mary's song is a song of praise. It's a song of humility. It's a song of mercy, and it's a song of faith. It's a song of faith. 
Look at verse 54 and 55. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. Now, this takes a little bit of history to know this, but Mary is referencing God's promise to Abraham spoken in Genesis. Okay, so, so God spoke to Abraham. He said, I've chosen you. I'm going to establish a nation, and through your offspring, I'm going to bless the entire world. Okay, that's God's promise to Abraham. Uh, and, and if you want to read that, again, Genesis, pick up about chapter 11, and you can read that, that uh, reference, because God repeats that promise several times. But understand, that promise is over 1,000 years old, probably more like 1,500 years old, at the point of Mary. That, 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 that's, that's a really, 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 really old promise. And yet Mary believes that God is faithful. Mary believes that God is going to keep his promises. And Mary trusts God. And that's faith. Did you see that? Mary trusts God, and that's faith. That's really where faith is. That's what it is. And, and she believed, and God acted on her faith. And understand, we talk about faith all the time. We encourage faith. We ask people to share their faith. Later on in the service, uh, a young lady is going to get baptized as an expression of her faith in God. And we often say that we believe in Jesus. And we sing songs of faith, praising God. But do our actions affirm our faith? Or do they diminish our faith? You see, Mary's actions demonstrated her faith. Hers was a song of faith. So that's what Mary's song was. A song of praise, a song of humility, a song of mercy. It's a song of faith. That was her theme song for her life. What is your life's song? What is your life's song? Now, I asked you a few minutes ago, what was your favorite Christmas song? And, and that's a whole different. What is the song that would define your life? What does it look like in your life to have a song represent you? Because all of us really have theme songs for our life, whether you realize it or not. There's a song that fits you. And, and I've come to realize that a lot of people's uh, theme song is a song that you guys already know, right? Here, here's here's my, my take on it. There's a lot of people whose theme song is Happy Birthday. <laughs> right? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear, fill in your name. Happy birthday. You go, why is that their theme song? It's because that their life really is all about them, and their goal is just to stay alive. Now, you think about that. There's some people right now that came to your mind, where they went, oh, their theme song is really happy birthday. Because it's all about them, and they just want to stay alive. So what is the theme song of your life? And, and by the way, I want you to think about this. I want this to kind of haunt you. I want this to kind of be a topic of conversation uh, with your family, with your life group, with your friends at dinner. Um, what's the theme song of your life? And, and while you're thinking about that, uh, we thought we would share some of ours. Uh, as, a, as a team, we talked about this, and, and then we kind of said, hey, we, we want to share some of our theme songs of what our life was was before Christ became the center of our life. And, and so uh, here's a couple of, uh, well, not everyone could be here live, so we have a couple of videos. Pastor Chet and Pastor Jesse are on video. Here, check it out. Okay, before I became sold out for Jesus, this is the song that probably would describe more likely who I was. 
Oh Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. I can't wait to look in the mirror cause I get better looking each day. To know me is to love me. I must be one will of a man. Oh Lord, it's hard to be humble but I'm doing the best that I can. I really wanted to be a part of this weekend, so I asked Chad if we could just shoot a video because I'd love to share a piece of my heart, a piece of my story. And I really feel like this song is a great uh, explanation for that. So I'd love to share this song with you. You know, uh, thankfully, not all of them are recorded, uh, so uh, don't look for those on YouTube anytime soon, but uh, Brennan, uh, why don't you share with us uh, a little bit about your song that uh, really did define your life before uh, Christ was the center of it. Well, I suppose that uh, uh, I'm going to have to share mine. Uh, yeah, I know, and I don't have the joy of having this recorded, so when I mess up, that they can't do a retake, because we're not going to tell you how many different takes those others took. But 
but understand this this uh, is a song that that epitomizes uh, my struggle to really give everything over to Jesus and allow him to be the center of my life and now the end is near and so I face the final curtain my friends I'll say it clear I'll state my case of which I'm certain I've lived a life that's full I've traveled each and every highway but more much more than this I did it my way that is so much scarier than preaching so what is your life's theme song? You see, those were our songs before Jesus changed us. Because Jesus changed our songs. He altered them. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you believe that Jesus is the one and only Son of God and Savior of the world, and you believe that he died on the cross to pay for your sins and he was raised from the dead, and you've made a commitment to follow Jesus with your life, then your song belongs to Jesus. And he wants to change your song from what it was. And, and the question is, what's your life's theme song? Because you have one whether you realize it or not. What is that song that epitomizes who you are as a person? How you live your life? And and here's some things, some questions as you think about your song that I, I really want to challenge you with. Is your life song a song of celebration or condemnation? Is it a song of celebration or condemnation? In other words, is your life filled with praise for God? Are you filled with gratitude for his blessings? Uh, are, are you encouraging those around you? Or are you angry? Are you bitter? Are you accusing people and judgmental towards those around you? Does your life build people up or does it tear their lives down? Do your words build them up or tear them down? Are you somebody who complains all the time? Or are you somebody who praises God all the time? Because you can't do both well. One is going to drive out the other. So when people would be writing a song about your life, is it one of celebration or is it one of condemnation and is your life a song of serving or is it a song of self-promotion serving or self-promotion I mentioned happy birthday earlier and that's simply because I think there's some people living that way you know is your life song really is it your life all about you your wants your needs your problems your plans your goals your dreams your pain your suffering is it just consumed with self, or 
Is it about Jesus and serving him? Are you concerned about others and helping others and want to see them succeed and want to celebrate with them when they do? Or honestly, do people just get in your way? Do people just really get in your way? Are you always finding yourself saying, I like life better if it weren't for the people? Right? Because there's a lot of, hey, look, I've lived long enough to hear that phrase over and over and over again. One of my life verses, Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. I'd encourage you to go home and read it. I'd encourage you to, to make it the goal of your life. The Apostle Paul says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or empty conceit, but rather with humility of mind, consider others more important than yourself. Consider others more important than yourself. And do not merely look after your own interests, but also the interests of others. You see, this is one of those places where our lives really can get out of whack. Is our life song one of serving or is it a song of self-promotion? Can I just tell you that, that if you're consumed with selfish, selfishness, it's ugly that you don't see. It's just ugly that you don't see. Um, about a, a little over a week ago, I was in a fast food restaurant uh, grabbing a quick bite to eat and uh, running off to a doctor's appointment. And, and I'm standing in line, and there really wasn't much of a line. There was really just a couple of us in there. And um, this lady in front of me uh, was being very abrupt with the staff. You know, I want this, not that, get this, do this. And, and she was kind of being rude, uh, just, but rude on a normal scale. But then another customer came up and said, hey, you guys made a mistake with my food. It actually wasn't his, it was his daughter's. And handed it to the young lady who was helping this person. Now, she took 30 seconds to go and hand it to somebody else to fix it. She didn't fix it, but she took about 30 seconds to go make sure it got taken care of. And when she did, this lady went off on her. How rude. I can't believe you're going to ignore my food. My food's going to get cold. You're going to do this kind of stuff. And she continued, even after she picked up that lady's food. She blasted her for another minute while she was, the entire time she was checking out and walking out the door. It was tragic. I was sitting there watching this, stunned by her self-absorption. And knowing that she was completely unaware of how ridiculously repulsive it was. And, of course, I and the, the gentleman who had, you know, brought his food back up to get fixed both apologized profusely for the rudeness of this woman. But, guys, I don't think we realize when we're self-consumed how absolutely hideous we are to the world and to Jesus. So what is your life song like? Is your life a song of forgiveness or vengeance? Forgiveness or vengeance? Are you quick to forgive others? Does your life just ooze the mercy of God? Are you able to look past others' faults? Or do you hold on to grudges? Do you love payback? And do you delight in the destruction of your enemies, or at least the public humiliation and failure? See, one of the quickest paths to an angry, unhappy life is to be unforgiving. To be unforgiving. Hold a grudge. Just be bitter. It's going to poison your soul and kill your joy. I guarantee you, you find somebody who's unforgiving and there's no happiness there. 
There's no joy down deep in their soul. Because when you squeeze them, all that oozes out is that anger and that bitterness and that unforgiveness. And, and, and here's a great line that it did not originate with me by any shape or form. But holding a grudge is like drinking poison and hoping that your enemy dies. Makes perfect sense when you say it that way. And yet Satan will still tell you to hold on to your anger. That you'll feel better if you can get even. No, you won't. You'll feel better if you forgive. By the way, uh, some of the strongest warnings from Jesus were about unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. It, it, Matthew chapter 18 is a story of the unmerciful servant. And, uh, and if you're struggling with forgiving someone who's hurt you, go home and read Matthew 18. Just let Jesus speak to you. Put it in perspective so that you can get to that point of singing a song of forgiveness rather than vengeance. And is your life song a song of generosity or of greed? Generosity or greed? I love how generous Calvary is as a church. We've talked about this, but you guys filled up 900 backpacks for the needy. You blessed 37 uh, families and children through Angel Tree. Uh, you gave away over $10,000 in benevolence this past month, uh, just helping local families who are struggling. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, next week uh, we're going to be handing out gift cards at the end of this, the services. So if you know somebody who's struggling and who needs Jesus, just bring them along. Actually, if you just know somebody who needs Jesus, bring them along, okay? Uh, and as a church, you gave over half a million dollars to mission causes last year. See, you're generous as a church, and that is so awesome. I love the fact that Calvary is generous, but personally, is your life song one that blesses others? Do you like to bless others? Do, is your life song one that is, you know, generous towards God? Do you love to give to God? You're like, well, I don't want to give to God. He's got plenty. He does. He doesn't need your money. But he invites you into his kingdom's work, and he says, hey, come share this with me. Besides, I'll bless you more than you bless anyone else. You know, give, and it will be given to you. For the measure you use will be measured back to you. Look, uh, you know, is that what your song is? Are you, are you delighting in the blessings that other people receive? Because, again, one of the fastest ways to know that, that there's greed and envy in your heart is when somebody else gets blessed and you get angry because it wasn't you. So do you, do you delight in generosity or, honestly, do you just want more? Do you want more money? Do you want more blessings? Do you want more stuff? And when God blesses you, do you share it or do you keep it for you? In other words, when somebody shows up with a need, do you want to meet their need or do you want to avoid them? See, we know our hearts. Everybody else knows your life. See, you might think nobody really knows if you're, if you're stingy, but they do. They really do. If you value stuff more than the people around you, your family knows it. Uh, and if you've been blessed a lot, do you constantly worry about someone breaking it or taking it? Or are you just losing it? You see, um, what is your life's song? What is it that reflects who you are and where your life is and what you want God to do with it? Because here's the reality. All of us have the old songs 
as part of our nature because we're sinners. Okay? There's still some songs from your childhood that come on and you go, yeah! But if you're a follower of Jesus, then you probably go, whoa, that used to be me. That's not me anymore. See, I told you, sang for you, my song, my way. That, that, that embodied kind of my attitude. I'm going to do it my way. The pride, the arrogance, the, the desire to be in control, the desire to make it work, uh, that, that's there. Still there, by the way. I, I just have to repent of it every single day. But my song now, I surrender all. Could be I've been redeemed. See, you got to figure out what your song is. And you got to realize that God wants to change your song. So if you come to that place where you realize, hey, you know what? Um, I don't like my song then I dare you to ask Jesus to change your song. I just dare you to do it because that's what he's living for. That's what he's dying for. That's what he was raised from the dead for. He wants to change your song. He wants to change your life. That's what the Holy Spirit inside you wants to do. He wants to turn that song of, of condemnation into a song of celebration. He wants to take that song of vengeance and turn it into a song of forgiveness, that song of, of greed into a song of generosity. And see, some of you need, to, you need to change the tune of your life song or else you're going to end up like one of those bad contestants on American Idol. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about those people that showed up thinking that they could sing because all their friends told them how good they were at singing. And then they got in front of the judges and they were horrid. I mean, we're not even talking about kind of good, like, you know, Chad and Chet good. We're talking about horrid. And they were stunned when the judges went, no. Or Randy, no, dog, you can't sing. <laughs> and, and you saw the look on their faces of, like, utter disbelief. What do you mean I can't sing? Everybody else tells me I can sing. Everybody else is lying to you. <laughs> but see, here's my thing. As your pastor, I don't want you to show up and stand before Jesus thinking that your life song is in tune when you can't sing at all the Jesus song. I don't want him to be the one that surprises you and says, no, your life wasn't pleasing to me. Your life didn't honor me. Your life wasn't a praise to me. I want you to figure that out now so that God can change your tune. And you know what? Some of, some of us in this room need to sing a song called, I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. You're, you're here, and you've been close to following Jesus. You listen week in and week out, or maybe this is your first time, and, and the Spirit is saying, hey, I want your life. I want you to surrender to me. I want you to, to you know, decide to follow me. Then today is the time to change the tune, to let God change the tune. Some of you have decided to follow Jesus. You just haven't told anybody. You haven't declared it in baptism. You haven't said, hey, you know, I'm an unashamed follower of Jesus to the world. And by the way, we've got a lot of baptisms planned the next few weeks. We'd love for you to join us. How about Christmas Eve? You know, why not celebrate Jesus' birth, celebrate your new birth? Or maybe like me, you just need to really own I Surrender All. 
Maybe you've been holding out some part of your life from Jesus' control. And it's time for you to say, hey, I give up. I want to sing Jesus' song. Here's what I know. If you don't like the song that represents your life now, I dare you to ask Jesus to change it because he is desperate to do that. Let's pray.